Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Score North Winter Online Auction. It's your chance to save up to 70% off on items. Like a gas furnace or water heater from Air Mechanical. Stealth trailer from Pleasureland RV. A five-night all-inclusive golf vacation to the Dominican Republic from Escape With Us Vacations. Or an ultimate yard maintenance package from Tri-State Bobcat. Bidding begins December 9th through the 15th. Go to scorenorth.com keyword auction to bid, win, and save. That's scorenorth.com keyword auction. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. The players are on national television. High profile. The games matter. Every game counts. This is it. One and done. Prime time. And, and prime time. And that damn Kirk Cousins. That dude. Oh okay? God. We don't see that come playoff time. And we ain't going to see that come playoff time. I'm just not a believer. Now, I, I, I will stand corrected once I'm corrected. But if you asking me coming into as the playoffs approach, how much I believe in them, the answer is little to none. I believe in Dalvin Cook. I believe in Justin Jefferson. I believe in that those two dudes. Yes. Do I believe in them led by Kirk Cousins? I got to see it to believe it. Disrespect. The continued disrespect of the fourth quarter, Pharaoh. Mr. Game winning drive. Kirk E. McClutcherton. Stephen A. Smith. What will it take for Stephen A. Smith? Basically, the the king talking head of national talking heads to believe in the Vikings. That's oh, my question. At least a playoff win, if not two, and yeah. and who knows? Like he's 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 salivating at the thought of taking the airwaves the day after a Vikings playoff loss in which Kirk Cousins melts down <laughs> and just saying, I "You told like that? You so. You like I that? I told you yeah. so. Yep, exactly. That is what Stephen A. lives for. So yeah, we're just kind of stockpiling all of the. The doubters and the haters out there. Yesterday, we talked about the notion that the Vikings are frauds. Actually, I think um, Eric Eager, our friend from Pro Football Focus previously, now he's he's been ripped away from Pro Football Focus to help with a top-secret football analytics project. Um, he's one of the great football analytics minds in our nation. And he actually just tweeted right before we hit the microphones. He said, I've mostly stayed away from the Vikings are frauds discussion because... And then he lists a few reasons, like the betting markets have caught up to it, so it's not really a talker on that front anymore. It's fun seeing them win games. And if someone can't be convinced that one-score games have no signal at all whatsoever, it's not worth the argument. Basically saying, yeah, of course, like being 9-0 and in one-score games is not likely to repeat itself, which is the point that I wanted to make yesterday. Okay, okay, let's say they're 7-2 and instead of 9-0 and or something, or they're 6-3. and 
they're still like if 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 you give them two losses against the Bills and uh, pick another one score, maybe the Jets punch it in for a touchdown or something, you blow that lead. All right, they're still eight and four. They've still got Justin Jefferson. They've still got you know weapons all over the place on offense and Kirk in the fourth quarter. So yeah, I, I'm kind of it's it's amusing at this point, but I think we've gone so far off the deck with this. They're frauds. It's like it's December. <laughs> It can't be that big of frauds at this point. And it's so interesting because, like, you can find um, simple statistics, advanced metrics to say, yeah, they're not that good. But at some point in time, you've won nine consecutive one-score games. So you're winning when it matters most. Yeah. Like, it's not – the other thing is it's not lucky to be this good in the fourth quarter. Like, this is the problem. Like, last year's team, in my opinion, what was not good. It's very close to this team, but what was the difference? When it was winning time a year ago, they couldn't do the job. Yeah. Now they are. And, you know, if you have, let's say you have two, you know, two really close wins and there's luck involved, then yes, that's luck. But nine games can't be luck. Yes, there can be some noise. Maybe it's, you're more like seven and two over the long run sure. instead of nine and oh, but you're still good. You're really, really good. Actually, Boone brought up a great point last night on Trenches, Purple Daily. It dropped this morning where he breaks down film and takes us through some of the the key plays and whatnot. And he said, we were talking about the concept of being lucky. And I said, you know, on the outside looking in, you would say, boy, the Vikings have won three games in which their defense has forced a turnover as the offense crossed the 50-yard line or the red zone looking to win, right? Like they strip Amir Smith-Marset, they pick off Josh Allen, they pick off uh, Mike White. And so yep. on the outside looking in, like those interceptions, you're saying, whoo, boy, if you hadn't if you hadn't picked off that pass, things would have gotten dicey. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, I said, you know, Patrick Peterson goes on his podcast after his interception against the Bills. And um, I think I saw that Cam Bynum had, like, put a photo up of his notes or something from the week showing, like, yeah, like we, we scouted that look. And Patrick Peterson does the breakdown explaining exactly how he told his teammates, if they run this play in overtime, the game is over. I will intercept this pass. And he did. Film study, preparation, situational football preparation. How much of that is luck if you prepared for it? And Boone naturally agreed because it was a brilliant point. Uh, But he said, yeah, there's, there's times in games, even as an offensive lineman, where we broke a big run in a big spot to get a first down to clinch a game because I knew exactly what the defensive tackle's tendency would be, and I moved his body to this place to open up a hole for our running back because I saw on film that he does this on this play or whatever, right? Oh, it's lucky you got that run. Maybe, but on Thursday when I was watching film at home as a left guard, I saw this tendency, and I was more prepared maybe than he was. So the lines are very blurred between what's lucky and what's preparation here. And and I think it's actually pretty simple, though, because it's, okay, luck is this. Luck is if you have a year where in the, excuse me, turnover differential, you're like plus 12, right? That's some fortune there. Now, you forced forced them, but some some years you get fortune there and guys drop footballs or, or, but if you, but single single games and where Bynum picks the pass up or Peterson does, that's not luck. Um, I, I think the fairest thing that you can say, like if you're looking to poke holes here and you're looking to, to denigrate the 2022 Vikings, I think the fairest thing to say is this. This is not predictive of 2023. 
So, like, I don't look at this year and say, well, yo, they are the one-score game masters now and wait till 23 when they win 15 of these puppies. I think that's a very fair statement. Yeah. But within a season, and we've all covered teams and seen this in, in, its, in their own way, good and bad, within a season, at some point in time, how you do things is your identity. So the 2022 Vikings have an identity. It might drive the fan base crazy because it leads to heartburn and it leads to accelerated heart rates. Yeah. But the identity of this team is very much clear. And I don't think your identity is luck. I think it's your identity. And to your point about the predictiveness of it, there are some predictive things that you should, if if, if you're this far into a season and the, the Vikings are, can't remember the exact stat, but it was like, of the 53 teams that have been 10 and 2 over some period of time the vikings have the worst point differential by far they're a plus 10 the next the next team is like a plus 36 or something on that list and so there is some predictive value in that okay if if you keep playing one score games for 100 games or something you're probably not going to win 10 out of every 12 but in this small sample size snapshot this is what you're doing this season you don't have to apologize it's not all luck but maybe for next year, you should build it into your equation when you're working out. Okay, let's say you finish 14 and three because you went 10 and 0 in one score games or something. Maybe you would build it into your roster building equation that, okay, we were a 14 win team, but there's probably going to be some bad luck in there. So let's, let's, let's go through the offseason like we are a 10 win team trying to get to 12 or 13, right? Like, there's baseball examples of this, too. I remember there was, like, a Mariners team 10 or 12 years ago that thought, was it the Mar- the Mariners and Orioles made a trade involving Adam Jones because I think the Mariners thought they were going to trade for Eric Bedard, the starting pitcher. So they traded, like, four of their top prospects thinking, oh, we won 87 games. We just need this pitcher to get to 90. But they had a minus 30 run differential. So, yeah, like, don't apologize for your 87 wins. But if you ran that season back, you're probably more like an 80-win team or a 78-win team. So, but that, that actually brings us to an interesting question here from a listener, uh, loyal listener, Alex. And um, it's about the window that the Vikings may or may not be walking into here. And we had a discussion yesterday on one of our shows. I think the Vikings, because of their offensive line, youth, and I think because of Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson is 25 years old. There's some good young defenders on this team. I don't think it's a one-and-done situation, but Alex brings up an interesting point. I'm just going to read you guys this email. He says, you mentioned on Monday that you think the Vikings' window is open for the next few years, and this season they are now playing with house money. Typically, I agree with you, but I couldn't disagree more on this point. If you look around the roster, Kirk is going to be a year older, 35 years old for next season. Thielen will be all but done next year. Dalvin a year further into his workhorse career. Zadarius Smith's contract will go up. Pat Pete is playing on that same contract. Kendricks is a year older. Hunter is due a ton of money. And the defense isn't even good right now. For me, this is the season they have to make a deep run. I'm all but certain this team probably goes 7-10 and 10 or worse next season because they will 100% run this team back because of the success they're having right now. But every underlying metric tells us this team is not 10-2 and too good. They need to take advantage. If the Vikings front office and ownership think the window is open for another year or two, they will pay a hefty price for that mistake. That's what interesting. Um, I totally get what he's saying. So football's weird, first of all. 
Um, so I, I don't know that, that you necessarily see teams have the runs that fans would like to see, i.e. the Rams right now, right? The Rams had a lot go right last year. They had a hell of a year. They played great, and now they are a, a dumpster fire. I don't know if that's predictive of 2023 or if they bounce back. But where I get his point is, yes, they made – there was a conscious decision made not to go the Ryan Poles direction of stripping this thing down to the studs and saying, let's get good in two, three years. Uh, so there are guys that are going to be gone and things that are going to change for sure. So I get his point. I sort of agree with the point. But here's where I think that that I can come to your side a bit as well, Phil. They've got some good young players. I mean, Justin Jefferson is going to be signed to an extension that won't kick in for two more years because he's still on a rookie contract. Um, Replacing Dalvin Cook is not impossible. He's a he is a very good player at a position at which I can find I can find you a guy. Um, You know, Patrick Peterson's gone. So that uh, potentially so that could be a, a problem. But if you trust. And the jury's out here, but if you trust that O'Connell and especially Quazy know what they're doing, you can certainly fill in pieces here. Um, now, do I expect the 2023 Vikings to be as good as this team? Probably not. But that being said, I don't think it's an all or nothing. Um, my personal philosophy is to strip things down and build back up, but going the direction that the Vikings have, they certainly proved it can work. And I don't think it it necessarily across the board spells doom and gloom for the next couple of years. Uh, But there are going to be guys who are gone and there are going to be guys who need to to be gone just for contractual purposes of keeping your young talent. Windows are weird in sports and the NFL is a sport where it's kind of hard to be exceptionally bad for a long period of time. Now there's examples even recently but it, it, it's difficult. It's a league that's set up where if you're bad, you can kind of pop up in a year and be right back in the playoff conversation. I like to believe that the Vikings have a Super Bowl window here that they're entering. I think year two next year and year three are going to be even more exciting. But the cautionary tale um, that I think some Vikings fans might be a little bit freaked out by where maybe you have to kind of, oh, this can go off the rails pretty quickly. Look at the Browns in 2020. So they hire a first-year coach in Kevin Stefanski, right? Baker Mayfield is kind of entering, uh, what is he? Is he good? Is he bad? Is he a bust? But all of a sudden, that defense has some good playmakers. They have Jarvis Landry on that offense. They have a good running game. Kevin Stefanski comes in, props up a team. They win 11 games, not out of nowhere. They Actually, they're over under that season. Preseason was eight and a half. So they were projected to be a somewhat decent team. They win 11 games. They take Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs on the doorstep of the, of the divisional round to get to the AFC title game, right? Next year, they kind of obviously regress hard. They don't make the playoffs. The next year, obviously, they trade for Deshaun Watson. Now he's back, and it's a PR nightmare. Think of that as a Browns fan of how fun that 2020 season was. And probably even though when you lost the AFC Divisional game, thought, man, this is the start of something awesome for the next few years. This is a window. And now you're entering a new window, and yeah, with maybe a pretty good quarterback, but again, a PR nightmare that you're on right now that is classic Cleveland Browns to me. And that's where how quickly the window can just be shut when you think it's going to be open for years. Yeah, and that is true. That is true. I don't want to take for granted. And to Alex's point, when you're 10-2, and however you got there, it's an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. So you should – and they are doing everything they can. There's there's really nothing they can do. They can't, like, acquire another player at this point. But they're they're doing everything they can internally right now to try and win that Super Bowl. I think – where I feel a little bit differently now compared to maybe a year ago when we were having the should they blow the whole thing up discussion is 
I am much more sure about where this offensive line is headed than I was a year ago. You know, think about one year ago, we didn't know if Christian Derrissaw was good because he'd only played a few games. And he didn't really like start to show you until about this time last year that, oh, okay, this dude can play a little bit. And, oh, he's only allowing like one pressure, two pressures a game. So one year ago, we didn't know that Derrissaw was going to be maybe one of the three or five best tackles in the NFL. Hopefully he comes back at some point healthy from the concussions. Ezra Cleveland has taken a huge step forward. So I think starting with the offensive line, they have five guys right now, 27 and younger. And it's the best offensive line we've seen in years here. Still has room to grow. Ed Ingram, by the way, has been a lot better the last two or three games. He's taken some steps. Pressures have come down a little bit. That's something to watch for sure. So I feel I, I feel like if you've got a good young offensive line, even if you lose Bradbury because he's a free agent, you don't want to pay him. Like you can find a center somewhere. I think the addition of a 25-year-old top five or six pass-catching tight end in TJ Hawkinson makes me feel different compared to a year ago. Even some of the like the the younger defensive players, like defense has the most rebuilding to be done because of just the age of some of the players, but Cam Dantzler. He's a starter. He's a good player. I think Patrick Jones, like if you needed Patrick Jones to step in and just play, you know, twice as many snaps and be an edge rusher, I like Patrick Jones for some depth. So Harrison Harrison Phillips is 26 years old. He wasn't on the team a year ago. So there's just, they, they've made some nice additions and some guys that are making an impact in the last 12 months or so uh, that have made me feel better about where they're going. Do I think they're going to just, like, be guaranteed to win 13 games next year? No, but it is year two of Kevin O'Connell's system. They do have a long-term quarterback question to be answered. So I'm kind of mixed on this email from Alex and that, yes, they should treat this as a cash-your-chips-in season, but I don't, I don't agree that they're going to pay a hefty price um, starting next year. If they do decide to run this whole thing back and push money again, we're going to push Kendrick's money into the future and more Adam Thielen money. At some point, they have to start saying goodbye to these bloated veteran contracts. Yes. So I agree with that. But I'm not ready to say that they're screwed after 2022. There's two questions I've got. One is, what is the intention at quarterback? It's the most important position in sports. Is Kirk your guy? And and by the way, if you think he, he is at this point, that's fine. But the long-term question is, can you either do you either stick with the one that you've got or can you find one that can step in and play and be good? Um, if you can't, if you screw that that up, it will set you back. The other thing, and we don't know this, and I'm not super impressed yet, but it's one it's one draft, is Quasi's drafting. Because that's where you're going to need. The one thing where the Vikings have gotten sort of fortunate here is how few guys from this draft have stepped in and helped. Like that is, you can't have this be like a consistent thing of, well, we got a couple guys. No, you need your first round pick. He got got hurt the Andrew Booth one is a little bit concerning because his injury history was there and you took him still second round and and he's been hurt basically all year long Mm -hmm. but I think the drafting Phil to to marry this with your point I'm with you you're gonna have to as much as you might hate it you're gonna have to move on from veteran contracts and veteran players who you probably like a lot um, and you're going to need to replace them with your draft class. Mm-hmm. Like it can't be out in March. We've got enough to go sign a guy or two. That's fine if you do, but the drafting is going to be the lifeblood going forward. And in my opinion, it's going to have a lot to do 
with how this team looks in two or three years. Um, I would start by doing this. I, I wouldn't bail backwards in the draft as much as Quazy did early on. I know that I know that it was a favorable return as far as the chips go and things like that. But the reality is, I'd like to see you take the best player that you possibly can in the 2023 draft, or maybe trade up. Maybe okay, that's fine too. I just don't want to keep that... going backwards all the time. I I think that that gets too cute. Spielman loved that, and it it, it might have crazy. been too because he did, he was pretty clear about saying in this particular draft, 2022, yeah. we felt like late first round to like end of the third round, early fourth round, that the talent level was pretty flat. So we just wanted a bunch of picks in that range, whatever. Like, so maybe this draft is different. Maybe there's maybe there's uh you know 25 players and the Vikings around that fringe and they want to get up. Maybe they see a quarterback. That's another discussion. I was kind of looking back at those those Chiefs teams too. I know every time we bring this up, it's like you guys. Are well, haters. you are a hater, but you it's a juicy hater. discussion. No. Haters. Haters. Now, why can't you enjoy ten and two? Like, why are you looking at quarterbacks right now? Why are you about to say the Alex Smith comparison? Why are you doing that to this show? Well, the Alex Smith comparison <laughs> is the apples to apples. When you have a, you have a really good quarterback, and and so Alex, this is the best part. Alex Smith. Oh, I love it. This was ruthless by the Chiefs. Ruthless. 2016 Chiefs. And Alex Smith was a pro bowler in 2016. He, uh, let's see, played 15 games, had a a 90-plus passer rating. He was like a fringe top 10 quarterback, but very conservative. He wasn't going to throw you 30 touchdown passes. So, And they decide after a season in which I think they had been a winning team for multiple years in a row, they went 12-4. and Mm-hmm. That season, and they lost a divisional. So they got a first round bye, and they lost a divisional round game to the Steelers, eighteen to sixteen. And Andy Reid said, "Yeah, I just don't. I don't know, man. Not I don't know if we it. can. I don't know if we can go any further with this." So they drafted. They traded up like seventeen spots, grabbed Patrick Mahomes, and then the next season, Alex Smith started again because Mahomes sat. They. Um, they went ten and six that year, and then they lost twenty two to twenty one to the Titans. I think the Titans didn't the Titans come back. Yeah, they down did. A bunch of Poor, points in that game. There was or like something. three instances I think where the Chiefs went to the playoffs with Alex Smith, and their defense blew like multiple point leads. Yeah, he was actually pretty great in that game, if I remember yeah. correctly. But so they they went to the playoffs again, ten wins. So a twelve win season, a ten win season in which they drafted their quarterback of the future between and that was those were back to back Pro Bowl years for Alex Smith. In that in that last year he led the league in passer rating. He led the league in average yards per attempt and he had career highs in like three or four other categories. Yards, touchdowns. It was the best year of his career. And they already had Mahomes, but they decided we're gone. So I just, at some point, the Vikings are going, they're going to have to do one of two things. Ride Kirk off a cliff, yeah. which may be age 35, it may be 40, he takes pretty good care of his body, we don't really know, or make a really hard decision to draft the replacement while he's still pretty good. Well, and don't you think the gears are churning right now in, in the mind of young Kevin O'Connell about how far do I think I can take this guy? I, I mean, that's what Reed did. He basically decided, I mean, Kevin O'Connell right now, like it or not, is thinking one question. How far can the quarterback, who I've tricked up and done a good job with, and who, by the way, seems to like a lot, 
how far can he take this team? And like, that's where this year becomes incredibly interesting because I mean, the playoffs are going to have a big, big uh, um, part of the process in O'Connell's mind. Cause once you get to the playoffs, it's a, it's a different ball game. Um, and can Kirk take this team to a championship or the Alex Smith comparison? Can he take them to the playoffs? Can he maybe win a playoff game, but he's not a Super Bowl guy? Think about how ballsy it is. You you came off a 12-win season. Your quarterback is very good. He's definitely one of the 10 to 15 best quarterbacks in the league, which is kind of where Kirk has been. And instead of saying, okay, okay, wow, that burned, that playoff loss burned, what can we add in the first round? What's Do we need a defensive tackle? Do we need another yeah. wide receiver weapon? What can we add to make this team better? They said, let's trade a bunch of draft capital and find a better quarterback and sit him for a year. Yeah. that That is, that's one of the most, and by the way, they could have been wrong too. There wasn't a 100% chance that they were going to be right on Patrick Mahomes. They made that move liking him, hopeful. There were some Brett Favre comparisons, but ultimately the most sure they could have been was like 75% sure that they were drafting a guy that wouldn't be a bust and they did it anyway. And I think and that's it, part, it worked. And I think that's part of the um of the self-confidence and and hubris that good coaches have. They have because I mean Kevin O'Connell is here to guide a football team, to coach a team, to hire staff. But ultimately, at the end of the day, the main reason why he got this job was the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why. Like, the Vikings had, had been through a situation with a defensive coach who would bring in the Kubiaks of the world, right? And and at one time, Norb Turner, certainly guys that knew quarterback play. And it wasn't good enough. Um Kevin O'Connell, if if you were if you were to look at his at like what are the attributes of why he, he was hired by the Vikings, I think the top one would be he's considered a quarterback whisperer. Yeah, and you can see it. It's and it, even though Kirk's overall performance has taken a dip, he the work that Kevin O'Connell has done with Kirk in the key moments, the the teeth clenching moments of football games. Yes, and also there was a play, the the Jalen Rager throw. 36 yards down the field, we broke that down with, with Boone on trenches. Got hit. When you watch that play back from the end zone cam, so I can't remember which lineman it was, but a Jets lineman literally came around on a twist and had just a free run at Kirk. Yep. And it was a it was a really long developing play. Yep. I mean, it was like Jalen Rager had to run over and around, and so they needed they needed like way more than the two and a half seconds that you're supposed to give a quarterback to develop that route. And it wasn't like a blindside rush where you don't know you're about to get hit. Kirk knew for six or seven yards of distance that he was going to get smoked. Mm-hmm. And he stood in there knowing that he was going to get smoked. He threw that ball up. There were two safeties basically bracketing at that point. They, they didn't start the play bracketing Jalen Rager, but like the way the route played out, Jalen Rager's running. He's got a safety running right behind him and then another safety that's running toward where the ball's going to be. It was an effort ball by Kirk. In the second quarter, he just said, screw it. I'm going to take a huge hit. Justin Jefferson's kind of in the middle of the field. I could throw the underneath route, but he just threw a ball 40 yards down the field. Just yep. said, bleep it. I don't think he does that in the first few years. Hell In no. fact, I don't think there was really an outlet. I think he probably just takes the sack in the first few years or maybe throws it away. In this case, he just threw up. Threw, he threw it short because he got smoked, and it worked. And he needs yep. to see that those types of plays 
can work if you just have some faith in your receivers. And his statistics are down in part of in because of what he's being asked to do. Like, there's no question that, like, this is not a weird, well, why are Kirk's stats down? Like, they are down because, for the most part, he, he is not stepping on the field on a game day with everything tailored to exactly what he's comfortable with. But he's also but he's also making plays now when he has to, which to me, he didn't do previously. So like there is a give and take here of an exchange for why why the stats are down, but it's leading to wins. So who cares? Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right, we gotta we gotta pause here because we're gonna get to write that down predictions and an accountability session. A shout out to our friends over at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They've been since 1904 a great guiding hand for countless businesses around the state of Minnesota and outside the state of Minnesota. You can find out more about the company's history, uh, relationship building, risk management, federatedinsurance.com, where you can find a full list of. Uh, industries that they work with. You can find your marketing representative. Again, federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. Write that down coming up. Uh, Yeah, most sports talking heads make predictions, then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd. Write this down. This is the big leagues, where we own our terrible predictions. Write that down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. It's Write That Down. Write it down. You like writing things down. With Mackie and Judd. Yes, welcome in to the only show in America that actually keeps track of our predictions using statistics. This is Write That Down with Mackie and Joe. We have a football and Viking-centric edition of this over on Purple Daily every single Wednesday. So for those of you wondering, when are you going to admit that you were wrong, Judd? Uh, That's going to be today twice, and quite a bit, I have a feeling, uh, since my predictions last week didn't. Tell me you don't listen to the show without telling me you don't listen to the show. When someone says, you never admit that you were wrong. Or when are you going to admit that you were wrong? Okay, well, that's fine. Some people don't like us, Phil. I'm not sure if yeah, you picked really up on it. that on Twitter. There are some people that don't like Score North. Actually, I do get it. Some people get really uh, offended by opinions, sports opinions. You know, like if, like, dude, I had a guy. Uh, I should have found this. I don't know. It was probably some Kirk Cousins opinion or something. And this guy literally, like, said the most awful personal attack things you could say Hmm. he literally said like i'm glad your dad died or something oh you got that one are you serious dude where are you what happened in your life yeah that led you to say that to a stranger on the internet his daddy did not love him probably is what what happened there no to be honest so i maybe we should have a disclaimer on our shows that we have some strong sports opinions Mm -hmm. we aren't always right and if you disagree, you don't have to be happy that our family members are dying. Okay. Yeah. We just make some ground right. rules here. Oh, if God. it makes you happy, I mean, <laughs> go right ahead. If if that's going to make your day. I mean, think about like, would I you know. ever say that to someone in a, are you just like hanging out at a family Christmas party or a bar? You run into sports dad at Park Tavern or something. And I'm glad you're. And you guys are having a good discussion. And, and Judd says, you know, I feel like the Vikings, uh, May have whiffed on Quasey. I feel like maybe they they picked the wrong GM. And someone says, "I am glad that both your parents are dead." Yeah. <laughs> oh, probably be the end of the discussion, but who knows? I might like this person a lot. Yeah, maybe maybe you'd buy him a surly or something. Um, anyhow, this is write that down. Three predictions from everybody each week. They must be quantifiable. We keep track of batting averages and home runs. And listeners, if you want to participate. 
like our guy Zach is about to, you can send us a message through the Score North app. If you could send that to Declan for sure, uh, we can get you sometime probably early 2023 scheduled to mm-hmm. make your predictions. All right, boys, let's go to the accountabilities. We'll start with Judd. It's a very tight race between uh, second or between third and fourth place in the batting average race between me and the listeners. Not so much at the top where Declan has like a 70-point lead going into the week over very Judd. Com- very comfortable. Some drama in the home run race, but Judd, Uh-oh. you had a bunch of stuff come off the board here. Uh-oh. A lot of green. Oh, that's, better than I, that's better than I thought. Oh, boy. Some things that maybe should have come off the board before. We're cleaning up here at the end of the year. So you said the Wolves will beat the Grizzlies and Oklahoma City in their next two home games. This one pisses me off to no end. (laughs) You've got the hard win. You beat the Grizzlies. That's the the game. I mean, that's parlaying. Right, but I mean, I can still be pissed off because I'm a competitor. Yeah, I understand. I'm going down swinging. And then they just got all emotional and in their feelings. I get the, the officials were bad, but do we really need to take 14 technical fouls? You know what have... the problem? That that game, it's this. Who was leading the team? I didn't see a leader out there. Well, uh, I have some predictions about that, but Anthony Edwards is the latest player to announce he will lead the Timberwolves. So we've had Austin <laughs> Rivers has announced it. Cat announced it previously. Prince. You know where I, I give D'Lo credit? He has not even, he's like, he you know what, guys, this. I'm, I'm just, I'm good. I'll be the point guard, but not really the leader. He's clocking in. Judd, you said Carlos Correa will sign with the Phillies. Well, they signed Trey Turner, so I doubt they're going to sign Correa at this point. Yeah. You said Correa will win a gold glove at shortstop. He did not, like a month ago, he did not. He was a finalist, though, I think. Pretty sure he was a finalist. Good defensive player. You said uh, Georgia would beat LSU by at least 14. Whoops. Wrong button. button. You correctly said that you said Michigan would beat Purdue by at least 20 in the Big Ten title game these are good solid knocks they're just they're kind of floating around the spreads of the games you said that yeah. uh, this is came off the board a month ago to Terry Francona Tito would win AL manager of the year and you said that at the end of the season otherwise it would have been a home run if you would have said it like in May or something we would have given uh, you. yeah that's a good solid no knock. argument for me and then uh, you know, I saw a clip yesterday of Rick Spielman breaking something down on his CBS. Is it CBS HQ? It's yeah. like their streaming channel or yep. something. Yep. He's been doing a lot of work for them. Yep. You said Spielman will spend next season doing television work, and he is doing that television work. So. Streaming, TV, whatever. It's all. all right, so nice little week for Judd. Four hits there. Old Macadac had a rough week. He said the men's team will score three or more goals against the Netherlands. They should have. Like the other team would have been, right? Who are these bumbling idiots? that They don't have any strikers. Yeah. Well, like, they, do they not you know. practice striking? Look, they were the youngest team, I think, in the World Cup. In four years, they're going to have a lot more experience. They're going to be ready to roll. They'll get out of the, you know, the, the quarterfinal round. They're trying. Maybe what they can do in four years is bring John Morant and Justin Jefferson to go play. That's what we need. LeBron James. I don't want J.J. playing soccer. I know you don't, but... It's the offseason. Take your time off, man. That's why it's kind of hard for me. It's like, okay, if the Justin Jeffersons and the John Morants and the Micah Parsons of the world, Chris Paul, if these dudes, Mike Kirk Trout, Cousins. Kirk Cousins, yeah. When they were eight years old, they said, you know, I'm going to be a soccer player. I'm going to play for the U.S. men's national yep. team. We would, we would win these games like seven to one. It would be like the dream team. 
There's 330 yep. million people in this country, and the top half percent of athletes don't play soccer. Sorry, soccer fans. I know that's hard to hear. But, you know, I think considering that none of our top athletes are playing soccer, we're doing pretty well still. We're getting, you know, we're like one of the oh, top now you're gonna teams. Get, now you're going to get pushback for saying that because they're going to be like, oh, you're wrong, Mackie. These guys are top athletes. Yeah. And some people interpret it as like, well, you think you could just put John Morant out there in four years? I'm like, no, no, no. I'm saying if John Morant, when yeah. he was six, decided he wanted to play soccer. And by the way, if you give John Morant four years, though, like if you went to him today and said, okay, John, ja, here's the deal. You're going to play for the U.S. men's national team in the next World Cup. I'm willing to bet John Morant would be good. That's a, that's a really fun question. Because what you'd be telling him is, you don't have to worry about your hands anymore. Yes. You don't have to worry about... Yeah, like half, years, like half of your physical assets, you just don't have to worry about. You're just gonna. I, I would gear. I would almost guarantee that a lot of the names that you just broached would take a soccer field and immediately be damn good. If you gave them, that's a really interesting thing that will never happen. But if you gave an elite, like twenty three year old basketball player or a football player, American football player, only four years to become world class, could they become a world class soccer player? And soccer fans would say, "Oh no, no." No. <laughs> well, a lot of the a lot of the attributes that you have were built up by just being yes. a great athlete and then, you know, ball control is something. Can can you learn that in 4 years? Yes, would be the question. Yes. And how much would you have to pay him to quit basketball to do that? Probably 300 million dollars or something. Um I said the Wolves would beat the Grizzlies in Oklahoma City and one of those wins would be by 10 points or more. I thought that I thought I got screwed because the Grizzlies had a meaningless layup to cut it to nine with like two seconds left, but turns out they lost the second game. Anyways, uh, and I said the Wolves would be a top six seed in the West at some point in the last two weeks. They faded. They did not. Come backwards. Uh, listeners had a rough week. Uh, Roycey, on behalf of the listener, said the Vikings would lose to the Jets and JJ would get injured. <laughs> Cody said Sauce Gardner would be responsible for giving up 100-plus yards and a touchdown. It was way less than 100. Uh, Jonah said Lamar Jackson will play in 11 or fewer games this season due to injury. He got hurt in his 12th, but he did play 12 games. So That's a bad beat. And then Kip said by the end of the 2022 season, or I think he said by the end of 2022, so I gave him the calendar year here, but barring a lockout, the Twins and Rocco would agree to part ways, and that is not like that. And some Redford decks here. You said Sauce would allow 61 yards receiving against the Vikings. I believe it was like 35 yeah, it was or something. Yeah, like 20 or 30 or something total. Yeah. And a touchdown. Yep. Yep. And then uh, the U.S. men's team won't allow more than one goal against the Netherlands. They allowed a bunch of goals, yeah. unfortunately. So with that, the batting average race tightens by about 15 points. Declan's at 413. Judd's at 351. I'm at 291 listeners, 282. Declan with a narrow home run lead with 15. I have 13 listeners with 13. Judd has nine. And uh, all-time Judd has 253 career hits. Listeners have 32 career home runs. So there you go. That's your accountability session, boys. Let's get Zach in here to make some predictions here on behalf of the listeners. What's going on, Zach? When, When did you first become a tortured Minnesota sports fan? Oh, man, I've been a Twins fan and a Vikings fan for as long as I can remember. I remember going back to the Dome in the early 2000s, uh, watching the Mauer Morneau show back in the day. Um, I live in Chicago now, but I grew up in Minnesota, so I'm I'm a homer through and through. I'm part of that kind of fan base that can't remember or wasn't alive for any of the championships or anything. So it, yeah. it, it's beyond. 
I can't even fathom what it would feel like to have a twin team, a Vikings team in a championship game, like sitting watching the World Series. Yeah. Like, what would that even look like? Yeah, I don't I even know. know. I can't I can't picture it. So no it was great. It was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> I take your word for it. It feels <laughs> I like I had a great time. Me. Loved every second of it. Long time ago though. Judd, when yeah. the twins played in their last World Series, was the world in black and white or just the games on TV? Because I've always wondered that about it was the Jack old Buck. Times. It was Jack Buck. Hello, baseball fans. Tomorrow night. Smoking a heater. Um all right, so Zach's gonna start us off. We're gonna make three trips around the room. Zach, Judd. Declan and me. The only rules are really the predictions have to be quantifiable in some way. So, Zach, you're uh, you're free to to fire away, man. Go ahead. All righty, we're going to start in the Motor City with Vikings Lions this week, and I got to get this one off the board for the listeners early because I think you guys might have one similar. So we're going to say this. All right, write this down. T.J. Hawkinson will have eight or more catches. Oh wow! For a hundred or more yards receiving, score at least one touchdown and will receive at least one giant bear hug from Dan Campbell in his return to Detroit. (laughs) Okay, so we'll have to rely on, like, the Fox cameras probably when they do the quick little pregame. Okay, I have no idea, but this feels like a Kenny Albert game. Yeah. I don't know who's doing it. You're right. Is it? it? I don't know. It's Kenny Albert? (laughs) Nope, I saw it yesterday. It's Kenny Albert. (laughs) It feels like so. Welcome in, welcome in, everybody. <laughs> the Vikings on the Lions today from Ford Field, and as he's doing the voiceover, they'll show like Dan Campbell bear hugging T.J. Hawkinson. Exactly, could happen post game too. We have to keep an eye out for it. Okay, it's a great prediction. Write this down. All right, Judd. Okay, over to Judd Zolgad here. <laughs> oh, I'm Kenny oh, Albert. Thanks, Kenny. Um, so as we start to see guys signing some big deals. I've decided that the Twins have painted themselves into a corner because the oh, expectation no. is now that Carlos Correa is going to return. And as I say this, I do not think there has been any announcements yet about Correa's uh, destination as far as... Making sure you're not cheating. That here. goes beyond speculation. So, yes, make sure I'm not cheating. And write this down. Carlos Correa will return to the Twins on a long-term deal. Carlos Correa will return to the Twins on a long-term deal. Uh I think it's gone from, man, it's going to be one fun year to the team is set enough now where if they don't get him, I think it's good. I think they're going to be dumped on, probably rightfully so. So I'm going to predict that he will return. So with long-term deal, what is the floor of a long-term deal? Three years. Three years. Okay. Okay. So like if he signs a one-year deal. Or a two-year deal. Yeah. I I don't see that. I mean, it's semantics here. Yeah. Let's say it's another one of these tricked up. It's a 10-year deal, but there's an opt-out after two. That, that, yeah, semantics matter here. I think it has to be three guaranteed years with the Twins for this to mm-hmm. be. That's fine. I mean, I, you can predict whatever you want, but I'm just saying. Okay. Yes. Long-term so, to me is like, because yeah, that last contract it, he signed was not a long-term deal, even though it was a three-year deal. It was three years. Yeah. So let's say it's three years with no opt-outs until after year three. Okay. Okay. It is hilarious. I was telling you guys before the show started, one of my, my friends was listening to uh, Sirius XM's MLB radio for live from the winter meetings, and Scott Scott Boris is so good at his job. So he, he made the comment to the media scrum yesterday that, that the Twins usually fish in one of their 10,000 lakes, but now they're fishing in the ocean when it comes to contract size. And then he goes on Sirius XM MLB radio, and he told those guys that the poll ads are among the seven to eight richest ownership group in all of it. He's constantly just like needling and applying. He's he's telling everyone, we know they're rich. Pay up. Yep. $300 million. My client. Um, the Giants are now 
open for business again because they missed out on Aaron Judge, and they have $300 million burning a hole in their pocket. So that's probably one of the teams to, mm-hmm. to watch. Write it down. You like writing things All down. All right, Dex. I'll make a Korea prediction as well and just say, write this down, that Carlos Correa signs a contract between now and the end of the month. He will not wait until January. There will be a contract signed in the month of December. I don't know with who, but as long as he signs a contract, I just want to hit here. He signs a contract between now and the end of the month. And this may seem like Declan protecting his batting average, which it definitely is. But I'll tell you, the winter meetings wrap up on Thursday every year. So we have like 24 hours left of winter meetings. And once the winter meetings wrap up, there's usually not many signings between like we go on a break the last three weeks of December. So if he'll eat this prediction is kind of he'll either sign in the next 48 hours or he won't until probably like February at that point, because then it just turns into like. I hope Everyone it's a hit. Home and... I hope it's a hit because I think if it comes quick, it might be the Twins. Yep. Yes. Okay. Um, Write it down. You like writing things down. I have belief in Anthony Edwards, the new leader of the Minnesota Timberwolves. He is the newest, the newest guy to appoint himself leader. Right. Anthony Edwards will have a forty-point game at some point between now and next week's. Write that down. I think they play three games, but he will put his points where his mouth is, and he will. He has not had a 40-point game yet this season, so I think this is a home run. He's averaging yeah. like 23. Yeah. So he'll have, oh, no. have a 40-burger at the next week. Okay. What? You glitched out there for a little bit, but you came back. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, four okay. games between now and next week's. So write that down for them to hit okay. that. Let's go get it. Write this down. All right, Zach, back to you. All right, we're going back to the Twins. Another Correa prediction. I got nervous when Judd started talking, but... <laughs> I'm going to say this. <laughs> Don't worry. Lots of people do it. We all do. Gone. Yeah, we all do. <laughs> it's like a celebrity in here. Minnesota sports celebrity. Uh, all right. Write this down. The Minnesota Twins will fail to re-sign Carlos Correa this offseason, <laughs> but will add at least one of these four other players. Okay. Oh. Chris Bassett, Sean Manaya, Noah Syndergaard, or Nathan Eovaldi. Okay. Off the, off the record, we might sign another shortstop. I could see us way overpaying for somebody like Jose Iglesias, but we just got to compensate for missing Correa, I think, and show him like, eh, we're still we're still committed to spending money. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's going to leave us in the same spot we've been in though for the past decade, where we have an average lineup and a rotation without an ace. So I don't know. I hope it doesn't happen. I hope Judd and Declan might be right, but Twins I don't baseball, know, I got a bad it, Twins it, baseball, get excited. It definitely feels like Scott Boris and Carlos Correa by proxy are using the Twins as leverage, right? That's totally, what it feels like. totally. A great baseball winter meetings tweet from John Heyman here. We had yesterday. We had uh, the Bob Nightingale tweet that there's a the the confidence is quietly growing among the Giants. It's just quietly confident. And John Heyman says the Red Sox are in heavy discussions with Xander Bogarts. Heavy oh, discussions. It's moved to heavy? Heavy discussion? What does that mean? Or how about big guy came into the room? <laughs> how about John? Hey, how about John? Which, by the way, I don't clap anyone for typos because uh, I like to have a lot of typos in my oh, stuff. But uh, right, but also dude. the arson <laughs> judge is uh, nearing his his return or nearing a, a, a signing with San Francisco, and then five minutes later backpedaling. Up, oh, nope. I'm just kidding. Uh, I did not hear enough word. He is not going to San Francisco. It's like, oh, so he, see, not only did he call him Arson Judge, Arson Judge, but he tried to break the news of Arson Judge to the Giants last night. You know, he was probably like three glasses of whiskey in at the, oh, yeah. at the bar. 
Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Okay, uh, we're back to Judd here, yep. right? Tw- yes. Write this down. Twitter, don't for- forgive. Twitter's the greatest. It does not forgive you for arson judge. Um, staying on the Twins theme, the Twins will trade Luis Arise this offseason. The Twins will trade. They already floated out the just, you know, the feeler for it. Yeah. Um, but I think the fact that they're clearly concerned about their starting rotation in 2024 um, is an indication that they are going to try and trade Arise now while his value is high. Although I wouldn't trade him, I think they will. I actually kind of love it. I I, th- I was saying this even like when he was hot early last season. You should be looking at what assets do you have if you need to go get pitching. He's not he does he's not a good defensive player. He doesn't hit for power. He's not fast. He's just a really good batting average hitter. And I don't want to discredit that because I think we've gone kind of gone too far off the deep end of like batting average doesn't matter. Well, you got to right. you got to move hits. guys around and and you got to drive guys in and get on base and whatnot. But I would write this down. Depending on who they trade him for, I wouldn't hate it. Uh, okay, Dex. All right, a uh, little single for me here. But the Wolves will win consecutive games between now and next week's. So write that down. They okay. have not won consecutive games in actually like yeah. three weeks. So That's it's hard. not exactly a complete single. It's a it's a knock up the middle. But they will win consecutive games between now and next week's. So write that down. They have four games to play between then and uh, next week's. So write that down. Yeah, I think you're... I think you're onto something there. They're gonna. They, they tend to do this where all you know, things get really bad for like three or four games, and then they come out and play up to their potential. Speaking of playing up to their potential, I feel like Rudy Gobert has been okay this season. He hasn't been maybe the Gobert that everyone thought that they were getting. Maybe some of it's just integrating in. Um, he has. He's only had two twenty rebound games in uh, in his what twenty one games with the Wolves so far this year. And it's actually been four games since he's grabbed 10 rebounds in a game. So I will tell you, he will have a 20-rebound game between now and next week's so write that down. Well, so again, I think it's a, I think it's a home run because he's averaging half that, and he's only had two so far this year, and he's barely grabbing five rebounds last game. So he will, he will come back and grab a 20-rebound game at some point in the next week or so. All right? Write this down. All right, Zach, your third and final prediction. All righty, back to the Vikings. All right, here we go. Write this down. Greg Joseph mm. will make his next eight kicks. Okay, so that includes field goals and extra points. Okay. But off the record, I, I'm with Judd. I think we do have a kicking problem still. Um, I think it's, I don't know, I just feel like it's a little naive to think it's not going to come back and bite us in the postseason. But, I mean, I, I hope I'm wrong, right? I hope I'm wrong. But it's just, it's it's Blair Walsh memories. It's just it's a lot of different things i just hope that so he's gonna beef up your confidence over his next like two games make you feel great going into january Mm -hmm. in the first round game exactly it's kind of a weird problem though like it's it hasn't cost us games yet but it's there you know it could have cost us maybe four or five games but it hasn't yet and so it's kind of like a false it's almost like a false front, you know? Yeah, like it's, it's like having really bad indigestion. It hasn't cost you a podcast yet, but it's just kind of there in the background. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's like you have to leave a show early or, you know, not that I'm talking or about Or run off a show while it's run going on. Show, <laughs> and actually start power sweating through. on camera. You know, sweating. your body still hasn't recovered 48 hours later. It's a whole thing. 
people doing the video breakdowns of Declan great. in the minutes leading up to having to leave Purple Day the other day. Or he's, he's thinking I was about it. staring at my phone wondering if I should send the text for probably a good five minutes. I was like, am I? I think I even twice I deleted it being like, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna power through, I and, got then, power through and then I was yep. like, no, this is it's done. It's it's done. We gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. No, Pat, we have like 15 minutes left. No, no I gotta. I go. gotta go. I gotta go. Oh, okay. All right, uh, Zach. Great predictions here. Love some of the off the record commentary for context too. It's always helpful. On write that down. Since you've got this life changing platform on Mackie and Judd, is there anyone you'd like to thank that helped you get to this point? Definitely my family, my friends. Is that all right if I tell you guys a quick twin story, though? Sure. Yeah. I figure this is this is the time to do it. You guys would appreciate this story. Okay. I, I, you guys were talking about it with Royce yesterday, and it made me think of it. So I typed it out, and I'm ready. Okay. Oh, perfect. It's a short okay. story. Don't worry. All right. Here you go. The year was 2011. A crisp April afternoon, 11-year-old Zach was still awestruck by the brand new target field and the excitement of having a competitive twins team. My dad and I stepped into the majestic Twins Clubhouse team store, and my father uttered those words every kid loves to hear. All right, Zach, you can get one thing. Up and down the aisles we went. Nothing was standing out. Nothing was grabbing my attention. And then out of the corner of my eye, I saw it. The jersey hanging up high out of reach, like the forbidden fruit tempting me. There, I said, that's the one. My dad looks at me and says, are you sure, Zach? You want the Nikashoa one? I knew it. Yeah. I said, no, Dad. It's Nikiosha, and he's going to be the next best thing. I still have that jersey in my closet. <laughs> As a reminder, you know, never to let my expectations get too high with this team and to never buy another Twins jersey with a name on the back. Did it come with smokes? Oh, no. Yeah, it came with a pack a of Marlboro Reds and Something. a bidet. A self-installed bidet know. kit. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. That's phenomenal. Yes. Amazing, dude. Great lesson learned at the age of 11 there. Exactly. Although now you exactly. have a hilarious, ironic jersey that you can wear the rest of your life. You'll be the star of Target Field. Does it still fit? No, it's like a youth a youth small or something That's like true, that. Yeah. But it's, it's still in there. Fat guy in an Ishii jersey. Yeah. I didn't, have the, I didn't have the heart to get rid of it. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, great story, Zach. Great predictions. Thanks for coming out. We'll get you on again sometime, right? Cool. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate right, it. There he is. Guest awesome. listener, predictor. That was a great. I love it. Oh, man. Nishi, man. Just ripping those heels. But he's right. You know, you're young and you're like, oh, yeah. oh man, this, they signed this guy and, and oh, he, it's going to be unbelievable. Yeah. Nope. It like, was not. It was unbelievable. Oh. Uh, Judd, if someone, if someone took, you know, a little 11 year old Zach or anyone into the spiral light candle store and said, you can get whatever you want. What should they get? Well, first of all, if if it's a good kid, the kid will say, you know what, Dad? I want to get something for Mom, right? Let's get Mom a gift, a holiday gift, perhaps. And, and so the, the store itself, it's this simple, spiralightcandles.com. Now, if you wanted something for yourself, though, and if you were, let's say, a fan of the purple, 10 and 2, and you thought to yourself, you know what? I want everything to be purple right now to honor what's been a great year. Then, I got it right here, you want Judd's Purple Positivity Candle. Which, as you can see, these these candles, first of all, smell great. Second of all, they're very, very cool because they, they burn, of course, spirally. And then there's a wick at the bottom, which also burns. So, in other words, during the course of a high-stress Vikings game, and aren't they all, you can have your purple positivity candle going to calm you down. So, a great gift for yourself or for your wife 
your girlfriend, uh, your mom for the holidays, spiralightcandles.com, spiralightcandles.com. They are absolutely fantastic and very reasonably placed. And before we get to our last few predictions here, a shout out to, uh, to those of you who are grinding through the month of December trying to figure out when should I change my life? January 1st? Or you could just start now. Right, Judd? Again, the holiday season is here, and I know there are tons of temptations. As perhaps you're on the couch and you've gained some weight, and you think to, to yourself, as Phil j- just said, should I wait or not? Livia Weight Control Centers is waiting for your call right now. That's right. They are waiting for your call. So don't wait until January 1st. In fact, imagine uh, getting to January 1st and you're down 10 pounds. Imagine getting to the springtime and all those clothes that didn't previously fit. fit. I lost 40 pounds. The best part is they will help you keep that weight off. That's right. So it won't come back. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com. Livia.com. Virtual visits are an option too. So if you're not in state, you know what? That's fine. Livia.com though is where you start to change your life. Write it down. You like writing. All right. Our final predictions here. Final lap around the room. Judd, go ahead. All right. uh, Wild prediction. The Wild is still in search of a top six forward. Now, when we talk about a top six guy, my opinion is with their cap problems, they're not going to make a huge trade. But I think they are going to, um, at some point in time here, probably before the deadline, obtain a top six forward that they can plug in. So write this down. The Wild will obtain Andre Athanasiu, Mm. who plays for the Blackhawks right now, in a trade this season at some point. So Athanasiu, who's been with, I believe, Detroit with the Kings and is now with Chicago. He's not great, but he can score some goals, and I think he would be a top six option. So I think they trade for him. Okay. Yeah, classic. Easy easy enough name to pronounce. Write it down. You like writing things down. Okay. Jacqueline? Uh, My last prediction, another wild one for me, too. Um, Let's see here. Just a double challenge. Four games for the wild between now and next week's write that down. They play the Flames tonight. I'm hearing, uh, actually, the hockey whisperer, I was told, said that there was a special broadcaster uh, coming on that game, which is interesting because that does that mean, first off, before I make my next prediction, has the Hockey Whisperer returned? Uh, no, he um, he's still in an undisclosed, uh, undisclosed location okay. where he is thinking about just sort of what went wrong prediction-wise. Do you, do you know where season. he is? This is like an entourage when Vinny Chase ran away because Medellin bombed and he's like living on an island for a little bit. Yeah. Okay. They do have one coffee shop in the undisclosed location right. with dial-up internet. Okay. And so he he is able once a week to bike oh. down to the to the coffee shop, and he'll send in sometimes little nuggets or things that he's hearing or feeling. But okay. yes, gotcha. he is uh, he is still technically retired. Interesting. Okay. Uh, write this down then. The Wild will pick up at least five points between now and next week's. Write that down. Five points at least for the Wild. Between the wild, between now and next week's, write that down. They're actually playing a lot better the last uh, week or so. So five points for the wild. Kaprizov. How many goals is he on pace for now? Uh, A lot. He's on a 12-game point streak right now. Um, 50-burger this season? He's great. Hmm? Yes. I think he could hit 50. A little 50-burger? 50-plus. 50-burger plus. Oh, Oh, maybe that. Maybe. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Write this down. Okay. Write this down. A little 50-burger. Okay. Well, fifty burger for uh, for Kirill Kaprizov this season. Fifty or more goals will be scored in the regular season. Forty eight last year, is that right, Declan? Yes, that sounds right. No, all right. Yeah, it wasn't so the whisper. I, I feel like the whisper, Phil Mackey is just. I feel like the whisper is we are we are uh, uh, greasing the path for the return of the whisper. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It's, 
It's like when a wrestler goes out with an injury. They're going to be out forever until the Royal Rumble comes around. And, and then, then Cody Rhodes comes back. Uh, on pace right now, and again, because he's on a 12-game point streak, uh, right now on pace for a 55-goal season by year's end. Okay. 55. Um, the, real quick, the Vikings' path to a Super Bowl just got easier because, you know, they're going to have to play a team from the AFC at some point. Von Miller out for the season, torn ACL for Buffalo. Oh, man. Mm. Ooh, that hurts. And by easier, I mean now though, they'll right? have to face the Chiefs for sure instead of the Bills once they get to the Super Bowl. Or right. Cincinnati. Brutal. Or Cincinnati. All right, there's your write-that-down predictions and Write some AFC injury news. The AFC. The AFC. <laughs> oh, uh, we've got football-centric predictions over on Purple Daily. You can find also on Purple Daily from the last 48 hours, Realistic Randy and Declan before we die with Jesse and Thor and also an episode of Trenches with Boone where he just goes, he actually goes from a 30-minute film breakdown, then he goes off camera and finds his handwritten notes from each week of his NFL career and just started reading from them. That's awesome. He kept them? He kept oh, God, all I'd of love them. To, I'd love to see those. He found the notes from after the 5-0 and start, the week after the 5-0 and start oh my God. in 2016, and then he found, I think he found uh, the Super Bowl lead-up notes from when he cool. was in San Francisco. So, yeah. We're, we're that is incredible. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Just handwritten, handwritten notes, and then like random animals that he's drawing as he's not paying attention in in class. Uh, all right, so check that out over on Purple Daily. We'll see you guys, Mackie and Judd, tomorrow.